Welcome to another episode of Living an Alter Life. My name is Mike, I'm your host, and this week we're going to talk about jigsaw puzzles. Yeah, Mike, what does that have to do with ultra running? Well, I have this strange theory. See, I think that trying to figure out how to put all the ultra running practices together is a lot like trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle, only somebody threw away the box cover. So you're not, you know what it's supposed to look like, you know where you need to get to with the puzzle, but without the picture, you kind of don't know what it is. Well, that's kind of like, to me, that's like ultra running. So it's 2023. I started my ultra running career in 2014. My first ultra run, as many of you know, was deciding to go for a 50 mile run on my 50th birthday in July of 2014. From that point, I have started and I have not looked back. And I and I have to tell you, back in 2014, as I was beginning this trail and ultra running foray into the great unknown, there wasn't a lot of information online about ultra running. There were articles here and there, but most of the running articles were focused on marathons, half marathons, 10Ks, 5Ks. There were not any training plans that, you know, delved into, you know, how to train for an ultra marathon. And so really the way that I learned ultra marathon running back then was listening to people. And so you took a lot of what people had and you had all these puzzle pieces and then you had to try and put it together as to what would fit for you. And it was really strange. Um, nowadays, we have got so much information out there that it's almost information overload to the point where there are so many ultra running articles on the internet. There's, there's even ultra running magazines now, um, that you can get online. You can subscribe to there's trail running magazines. I mean, it, it, there is a plethora. I love that word of information that all you have to do is find it. There's also more ultra runners, I think, than there were back in the past. Of course, I did live in Wyoming, so that may not be a good indication of how many ultra runners there were because, you know, nobody lives in Wyoming. And, you know, it was kind of funny when you live in Wyoming, you sort of run in this cloud of yourself. And every once in a while, you can convince people to get together and go for a run. But it happened so rarely that you were always excited when somebody said, yeah, I'll go for a run with you. And so, you know, back then I would I ran with Blake, Paul and Mary. Paul and Mary were an older couple that just if you want to know about total wisdom when it comes to ultra running, these two were full of it. I mean, they were amazing, amazing people. I loved running with Paul and Mary. Um, Blake always cracked me up because Blake was the one guy that, you know, they always talk about nutrition. Well, Blake ran every race he ran. Skittles and a Coke was his nutrition plan. So not a whole lot to learn from him, but he was one heck of a runner. He, I think he is the one that introduced me to a guy named Nick. Nick was fast, 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 but he took me out on trails. Um, then, of course, you guys have heard from my two running daughters, Jessica and Chelsea. Jessica is really the one that kind of took me under her wings and uh, taught me a ton. As an engineer, she had all these different ways to train, and we would go out for you know a 20-mile run, and I would get back and feel like my head was full and about ready to burst and everything. And 
so what what happened was I had all this information and then I tried to take and apply all this information to how I ran. So the jigsaw puzzle never quite ever went together until about 2018 when I went down and ran my first human potential running series run down in Colorado Springs. It was the 12-hour race, and it was really kind of fun because you pulled a ping pong ball out of a bucket, and that told you what loop you ran. And so they had four different color loops, and you know, we started out, and I remember this dude very loud. John is one of my favorite race directors in the world, very opinionated guy it seems like people either love or hate him but i i love him because he just speaks truth and it's just amazing well john kind of got all the puzzle pieces together as i was running this one loop and i came in and was looking kind of peaked and uh yeah it's struggling because I, i 2017 was a year where I thought I was in I was actually in the best shape of my life. I was down to 180 pounds at the time, which was huge. Um, I was running faster than I'd ever run before. I was running smoother than I'd ever run before, and I was DNF in every race that I entered. It was very frustrating. And so John took me aside and actually walked with me on a loop, and he said, "You're inside your head too much." He said, you've just got to let the run come to you. And that is where I began to put the puzzle pieces together. What I did from that point there was I actually sat down and I figured out what I wanted my ultra running to look like. I knew for a fact that I'm not fast enough to probably ever podium, but that if I could stay steady and, and just keep on moving forward at a good clip, that I could begin to finish these ultra running races. And so I took all this information that I had and everything, and I began to think about what what is the picture of Mike Horner, the ultra runner, and what is, what is it going to look like? Well, it's going to look a lot like what you guys see in races. I run, and then I get into my power walk, And I power walk like a beast. I run a little bit more. I power walk. I have learned nutrition. I have learned all this stuff. And the puzzle gets put together a lot better. There's a lot of different things you can do in this whole puzzle, you know, trying to put the puzzle pieces together. You can hire a coach. But, you know, I mean, how many part-time athletes can afford to hire coaches? I will tell you that now there are more people who are advertising as an ultra running coach than ever before in the history of the world. And so if you do hire a coach, you should take some time and actually talk with them and find out what their philosophy is. I will tell you that I have been helped tremendously by Chris Guerra uh, with Forge Glory Athletics. He took some time analyzing who I was and how my running structure is and gave me some tips that really put the puzzle back together. Um, and so there's there's just a lot of information out there. And I know this kind of sounds scattered and everything, but I'm going to go into what I think the pieces of the ultra running puzzle are. And then we're going to put them together. And it may not just be this podcast or maybe some other ones and everything. 
I will tell you that there's two different articles that I really like a lot. The first one is called A Beginner's Guide to Ultra Running from the Ultra Running Academy. And he, that the author of that article gives eight tips, you know, for beginning. And then there's an article by Doug Hayes. For those of you who don't know Doug Hayes, he was an amazing ultra runner. He's probably still in the sport, but he wrote an article back in 2014. It was called How to Become an Ultra Runner, Five No BS Steps to Running Your First Ultra. And he just packed that thing full of great tips and everything. But basically what I'm going to... Uh, offers that there's that there's some very basic puzzle pieces in ultra running and those are running injury free recovery and quality sleep running slow and long learning how to handle nutrition on the run strength training don't do it alone but for me most importantly is adaptability and i want to just talk a little bit about adaptability right now because One of my favorite runners out there in the ultra running world is a gal named Courtney DeWalter. And I read an article from 2020 on Trail Runner, and it was called The Puzzle Master, how Courtney DeWalter's curiosity and problem solving push her to the brink of what's possible in ultra running. And man, this article goes into so many details about why she's just so good at putting the ultra running puzzle together without a picture in front of her. And there's a quote from Addie Bracey. For those of you who don't know Addie Bracey, she's a professional ultra runner, also a sports psychology consultant. She's an amazing person. But um, she said, in pursuit of that mission, she, Courtney DeWalter, has developed some ability to just not let pain and discomfort bother her. And here's the key. If something is going wrong or something is hurting, she treats it as a fixable problem. I'm telling you, when I found that quote, that whole thing about it's a fixable problem, the whole putting the the puzzle pieces together became a lot clearer. Because what happened was now all of a sudden, you know, I used to dwell on these problems. And, you know, like I, my ankle's hurting. I just, you know, twisted my ankle for the umpteenth million time. And all of a sudden I would get so into my head about how my ankle was hurting and how everything was going wrong. And I could not get out of my head. So I read that whole quote about it's a fixable problem and figured out there's a lot of things that can, that I can fix. Courtney DeWalter, she approaches training like a problem to be solved. When she DNF'd her very first Run Rabbit Run, she didn't think of it as failure. What she did was she went and she said, okay, what are the ways to make this work? You know, her stomach had been her problem. So she experimented with different fuels to figure out what works. She built up distance gradually, tested different kinds of gear. And before that point, what she'd been doing was she was doing what a lot of us do, watching what others were runners doing and, and attempting to do just what they did. Well, now she's like the one that everybody tries to be like her. You know, she started approaching training as a personal puzzle. Things started to click into place. There's a quote that says, uh, food was nutritional Tetris and DeWalter was figuring out the exact configuration of carbs that would allow her to push her limits. You know, it's amazing what happens when you dial all this stuff in. And that's what Courtney DeWalter did. 
So I'm going to go into a lot of the other details and everything, but I will tell you that the most important thing that you have to do if you want to get successful at ultra running is you have to learn how to adapt. I did this recently in in the Sandy Bottom eight hour uh, run, one of uh, Karen uh, Sansa's wonderful races, and it was early on in the race, and I figured out that I wasn't getting enough nutrition in. So I knew my hydration was on point because, you know, I was having to go to the bathroom on a regular basis, but my nutrition just felt a little bit off. And so I took a pause. I just, I, not a long pause, but I, I, I just took, and I didn't have a chair at this one. I did that purposely. I just had my kitty litter box, which people joke about, but my kitty litter box is like my magic box at these timed loop races where I can just set out a kitty litter box that has everything in the world in it. It has nutrition, it has hydration, it has bandages, it has, you name it, it's inside the kitty litter box. Well, what I did was I said, okay, I'm not getting enough nutrition in, what can I do to increase my nutrition? And so I just, I studied the problem for probably about two, three minutes. I said, oh, this is what I need to do. And I adapted. And I was running with my Swami Shuffle Pack, so, you know, about a 23-pound pack at the start. Um, once I got done at the very end, I waited, it was about 21 and a half pounds. So, um, it lost about a pound and a half of hydration and nutrition throughout the race, which was perfect. And what I did was I just increased one little thing in my nutrition and that changed. And I'm purposely not telling you what I changed my nutrition because I think nutrition has to become that personal thing for all of us. You've got to figure out your, your nutrition for yourself. And the only way to do that was to is to figure out what's going to work for you. Well, the only way to do that is to go for long runs. You know, I mean, it's just if you go for long runs, you figure out what nutrition works for you. You can read all you want. You can listen to other people all you want. But when it all comes down to it, what it comes down to is you've got to figure out what works for you. The same with running injury free. You know, I my whole left side is just a mess. You know, my, I don't have a very good left knee. Um, my left foot has been run over by a Jeep. I won't tell you who did that when I was a teenager and drinking heavily. My left foot got run over by a Jeep. That has caused nerve damage in the foot. And so I have this challenge with my foot falling asleep certain times after a number of miles. And so I've had to learn how to run injury-free by just running and going, okay, that causes pain and discomfort. And after the run, I can't run any further. And so I've had to adapt the way that I run so that I can run injury-free. You know, for me, the, the hardest piece of this puzzle was learning recovery and learning what quality sleep was. You, you got to understand I'm sort of a hyperactive person. And so I'm like this constant ball of energy and everything. And so actually laying down and going to sleep is difficult for me. And so I had to learn how to get quality sleep and I don't like to take any kind of artificial thing to get sleep. And so I had to learn all about blue light emitters and when to shut them off and when to, when to cut out any blue light in my habits so that I could actually get a good quality sleep. I'm, I'm a lighting geek. So I learned that, you know, in my bedroom, only 2,700 Kelvin exists, no different color of light exist in my bedroom because 2700 Kelvin is what is a calming color and and makes you calm you know so I had to learn those kind of things I had to learn how to run slow and long 
You know, I'm one of these people, if you ever watch me at a race, you'll see me go to the very back. Doesn't matter that in the very back is all the walkers. I had to force myself, and Jessica is the one that really kind of helped me with this. She led me to the back during, um, I think we were running a, I forget what it's called, Goose Creek Gap or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember what the name of the race was, the Galloping Goose or something like that. It was half marathon, and she's the one who said, okay, come with me. And we went to the very back of the pack, and I was like, why are we doing this? And she said, well, it's because you start too fast. You go out like you're sprinting. And you've got to learn how to run slow and long. And that helped. And so now every race, it doesn't matter how many people are in the race. It doesn't matter if there are walkers. I go to the very back of the thing and I start slow and then I can go long. That's why I'm so confident that I'm going to be able to do this 200 miler because it's all about slow and long. I learned how to strength train. And this has been kind of in the last last year or so is I've taken strength training a lot more seriously. I'm telling you, my legs, my lower back, my core is stronger now than ever. And I'm 58 going on 59. And I I feel better than I've ever felt in my entire life. The whole don't do it solo. So I will tell you that coming from a Wyoming atmosphere and culture, the whole don't do it solo thing it doesn't mean that you have to go running with somebody all the time. I actually love my solo runs, but I do seek out people that I want to run with. So like if I call you up or you know text you and say, hey, you want to go for a run? There's, there's a reason for it. And I'll apologize now, but the reason for it is I need to pick your brain because you're doing something different than I am doing. And I need to find out why you're doing it. One of my favorite runners here in the Hampton Roads area is a guy named Jeff. Jeff has just become an amazing runner. He just finished his first official 100-mile run where he got a buckle, finished second. And he's you know finished second at a backyard ultra where he also got 100 miles in 2022. Well, Jeff became the runner that he is not only because he's a very talented runner and he's very solid but because Jeff spent a solid year going out for group runs with Kempsville Run Club, and every group run, Jeff was full of questions. Jeff asked every question you can possibly imagine. Jeff became a student of running, and he, to me, is one of the most talented runners in the whole Hampton Roads area. And that's saying a lot because we have got a ton of really, really good runners in the Hampton Roads area. Well, the biggest thing is he didn't do it solo. He didn't try to learn this on his own. He sought out groups. That's why he's part of the whole Point Two Running Ambassador program and everything. He and his wife, they both are not only sponges of information, but they also give out this information. They don't do anything solo. They always look for somebody to take along with them. Another guy in the area that's very much like that, that, you know, he probably started this all solo is a guy named Aaron. But I always notice that he's always inviting people that you wouldn't think, and he invites them out, and then he just shares information about ultra running with them. It's just amazing how you do it. But don't ever try to do this solo. Don't don't do this quietly. I did it and I will tell you I spent 4 or 5 years running ultra marathons and not doing well in them because I was trying to do it solo. 
But I'm going to go right back to the whole Courtney DeWalter thing. The secret to putting all this together is to learn how to adapt on the fly, to learn how to fix the problem rather than fixate on the problem. And if you can get one quote out of this little diatribe, it's learn how to fix the problem, not fixate on the problem. Because you are going to run into problems during an ultra run. But you know what? Every single one of the problems you face is fixable. Learn from Courtney DeWalter. Learn from the people who have gone before you. And you're going to be successful at this thing. And you're going to have a lot of fun ultra running. That's it for this week's episode of Living and Ultra Life. I hope that you are learning to put the puzzle pieces together and become the ultra runner that you really want to become. Thanks for listening.